Welcome to the High Performance Couples Podcast, a spinoff of the High Performance Insider Podcast. I'm certified high performance coach, Amanda Faust. And I'm David Faust. And we are coming together to share our mission to help couples lead high performing lives. We weren't always a high performance couple, but through working on ourselves as individuals and striving for a next level relationship, we have developed methods to help us continually move towards our highest potential. And we want to help you do the same. Join us as we walk through our highs, like growing our family and finding freedom through entrepreneurship, and our lows, like life after addiction and putting together the brokenness of our marriage, and of course, everything in between. You will walk away with actionable strategies to implement in your own marriage, your business, and overall everyday life. Are you ready? Let's dive right in. Hello, and welcome to episode four of the High Performance Couples Podcast. We're your hosts, David and Amanda Faust, and in this episode, we're talking about how to overcome guilt. Why? Because in this day and age, we have more on our plates than we have time, and it's hard to be all the things for all the people. We feel guilty for not being present enough as parents, guilty for the amount of time we spend with our spouse, guilty for not doing enough at work, and the list goes on and on. But what if you didn't have to feel guilty and instead you could feel successful in all the areas that are important to you? At the end of this episode, you will be equipped with how to do that. Please subscribe to our podcast and consider leaving a review so we can reach more and more couples on their high performance journey. We want to provide insight, tips, and resources so you and your partner can reach your highest potential together. Let's dive in. Hi. (laughs) Hello. How are you? I am good. I am. I think it's funny that we're talking about this topic today because <laughs> I was talking about this today earlier with a friend. Really? Yeah. Oh, you didn't tell me this yet. I know. What were you guys talking about? Do you want to start with a story? Yeah, I want to hear yours. Okay. I promise you guys we will dive into tips and practical tools to help you with your guilt, but we're going to start share a story first because I feel like it's relatable. Go for it. So as an entrepreneur, I I guess I shouldn't say as an entrepreneur because this may not be for everybody, but the type of entrepreneur I am requires a lot of travel. So I've traveled about 12 different times this year already, and yeah. I have about five different ones scheduled from now till the end of the year, maybe four. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. But it's good. I, you, I remember you always wanted to travel business. And I'm not sure if you mentioned this previous, but you were kind of like, I don't know if it's made for me. Yeah. So, well, I know it's made for it's me. Ma- travel's it. made for you. I just don't like to travel alone. Alone. There, yeah. That's that's better. Yeah. yeah. That but right. anyway, <laughs> so I have always wanted to do this. And usually they're about three to four days since. It's not like I'm gone very long. Quick, yeah. But there was a time recently where I felt a little bit of guilt from a loved one who was kind of making me feel like I wasn't around enough because of the amount of times I travel for my kids. No, it was not you. You don't, <laughs> ever, make me, me. You don't ever make me feel guilty about it. <laughs> and it was good. tough. And I was having a conversation with one of my friends um, who does life with me, does work with me, does all the things with me. And was just like, do you feel like it's bad that I spend a lot of time traveling? And we just had a whole conversation about it. We don't have to get into that. But the moral of the story is I always feel guilty about not being enough for my children. Yeah. It's just how it is. 
That's yeah, that's hard. Guilt is a powerful motivator or yeah. demotivator. Is that a I word? would say it's a demotivator. And that's <laughs> yeah. actually one of the points we make later. But okay. But I it was interesting because she mentioned something to me that was very helpful. And she was talking about just shifting my perspective about what being a present parent actually means because I'm a very present parent when I am with my children. Yeah. And she pointed that out. And that was really helpful because sometimes we judge things incorrectly. Like Mm. I judged being a parent by how much time I was spending on them. Yeah, that's true. And not necessarily about the quality of that time. Yeah, that's something I've even had to wrestle with. Yeah. That actually brings me a story (laughs) that you shared recently about how you were like, you you play a little bit more of a role in like the day-to-day stuff like picking up the kids taking them to school all of that even though you're working just as much your job has the flexibility to kind of leave and go and do that Mm. a little bit more than mine does and so i remember you telling me one time you were like i feel guilty because i'm with the kids physically but i don't feel like i'm with them mentally and emotionally exactly yeah (laughs) no it's very true yeah Yeah, something I had to wrestle with in terms of being physically present with them. Um, I always thought like being a good parent was just being with them. But as that was true more and more, because I used to have a job where I was literally with them an hour and a half a day. I'd come home from work and they'd go to bed within an hour and a half, maybe two hours. So I always felt guilty for not being present with them. But now that I have the opportunity to be present with them when I'm picking them up, I've noticed that I almost have the opposite guilt of like, yeah, I'm with them, but I'm not actually present because I'll be, I mean, cell phones are great, but they also can be a curse in terms of like, you always have your work at your fingertips. So checking emails or texts come through, or I, I don't know what it is, but as soon as I pick up kids, like everybody I've tried to get a hold of that day responds to me. Yeah, and so I'm so like, hurry and I'm like, hold on kids, just a second. Can't tell you how many times I'm on the phone when the kids get in the car and I'm like, just shh, be quiet. Um, but they, yeah. It's, so I'm, even though I'm there, I wasn't being like mentally present as I could have been. Um, and so it's, I was starting to feel that guilt of like, yeah, I'm around them, but they aren't feeling the presence of their dad. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. It's like the opposite problem. (laughs) The opposite problem. Yeah. I went from, it was like a pendulum. I went from one side to the complete opposite and then I've learned how to juggle one, but then I had to learn how to juggle the other side of it all. So. Yeah. And you're really great though about evaluating and and seeing patterns and being like, okay, is this how I want to be as a dad? And what do I, what do I want to be as a dad and and making those changes? Sometimes it takes me longer than I want it to though. (laughs) But there's a, it's a journey. And like I said, I mean, this all comes back to what is truth, right? Um, Are those feelings of guilt valid or are we just measuring success a little bit differently? So that kind of brings me to the points that I wanted to make in today's episode about how to overcome guilt. And the very first point is something that I preach on so much in a lot of different areas, and that is to define what success looks like. Mm, It's important. Yeah. Because I know that as a mom, when I was home with the kids before they were in school, before they were school-aged, I did balance work, but it was a lot different. I mean, their needs were a lot different when they were between the ages of zero to five versus Mm -hmm. now we have kids between the ages of seven and 13. 
And those ages just have different needs. And to be honest, mm-hmm. a lot of those needs have shifted to more of emotional needs yeah. and <laughs> like more mental presence than, you know, their physical needs. Of course, we got to make sure those There's are met too, but there. yeah, are there a team? There's a little yeah. options there, but talk about pendulum swings. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness though, like it's a constant evaluation mm-hmm. of what does success look like now in yep. this phase of life, because before I didn't want to work that much because I success to me looked like being present to, because to me, it was important. I met their needs. Now I'm not saying that's for everybody. I understand daycare is important. I understand like Mm -hmm. getting childcare, like all of that is absolutely valid. But for me, my measurement of success in my own life was to be there in those early stages. Mm -hmm. And then now it's different. And so the, physical presence of me being with them every single moment is not as important to me as getting my work done, building a life for our family. And then when we are spending time together, being very, very intentional and being present emotionally with them in the different ways that they need that. Yeah. No, I think defining what success looks like is key. I think that that really transforms from the guilt to success. Even just the other day, I have an example of that of, I had like a huge to-do list. I always have something on my, my list of things to do, but um, I was also looking at like balancing the, the workload versus like the kids appointments and tasks. And I took like just even five minutes that morning to write down and define what, if I complete these three things in my day, they're like my, my big items. If I get these done, my day is going to be successful. If I had not have done that, I would have gotten through the day. I would have gotten a lot of stuff done, even those three things. But had I not written it down, I would have lost it. I would have been like, what did I do today? Because <laughs> you get so caught up mm-hmm. in what you're doing and looking at the list of things that you still have. So I think defining that success is, I mean, we've talked through that and that's that's been like a game changer. Yeah, that's actually a part of the planner that I my company's created, the highest potential planner. Yeah, where it. we have that question in there every single day. Mm-hmm. Like, what does success look like today? Because success looks different to everyone and mm-hmm. success can look different every single day. Every single day. Yeah. And so what I view as successful may not be the same to somebody else, and that's fine. But the, that's also why we can't measure our amount of guilt or amount of success in the same way. And, and honestly, yep. it's different per child too. Like mm, I know each kid's very different. Every single kid, <laughs> if I were to parent them all the same and view that as a quote unquote success, they would not view that as success. Yeah. Right. Um, I know for Matea, she just wants that. Like she just wants to be in the room with you. Yeah. Like she just wants to be sitting next to you, standing next to you, being with you in some way. Yep. Now, now Evelyn, she wants to, she wants to be heard. She wants you to kind of sit in that feeling with her. She wants to be able to ch- share her feelings and you show empathy toward that. And that's something I'm getting in tune with and had to learn myself of being in it with her, not just being present, yeah, but being there to listen. Evelyn, her whole life has struggled with speech and she's still in therapy for that. And so because of that, especially the older she gets, Fewer and fewer and fewer people take the time to listen to her because it's just so much easier to speak for her because you kind of know what she's going to say. And I've watched it (laughs) time and time again where people around her will just speak for her to move her along quicker. Mm -hmm. And she never gets to really be heard and get get 
her thoughts out. And so just sitting there and just listening literally for a very long time. One on one. She's gonna be one on one or she won't do it. That's true. That's extremely important. And yet Matea, if I'm trying to get into an in-depth conversation with her, I mean, not to say she won't do it because there are plenty of times that she will, but for the most part, she just wants to be there. She just mm-hmm. wants to be in your presence. She doesn't want to have in-depth, yeah. deep conversations. And so I say all that to say, like, get to know your kids. Yeah. Like, yes. you got to parent them differently. And our boys are different, too. Yeah. I had to learn that real quick as I took over more of the parenting responsibilities. Is like, I just thought kids were kids. <laughs> <laughs> but I very quickly learned that, no, they are not. They have their own needs, and the way that you respond to them has to be different, too. So. Yeah. You've got to adapt to what success looks like for each one of those kids. Mm-hmm. I know for Asher, like it's every single morning he wakes up and gives me a hug. And if he doesn't mm-hmm. get a hug by the afternoon, I mean, it's very rare that we don't do it because he's just so like on it. But if like something happens where we don't by the afternoon, he's like, mom, I need my hug. We didn't have our morning <laughs> hug. And I'm like, okay. And, yeah. like, and it's not just like a quick hug. It's like a lingering, just like hug where he feels he wants to feel safe he wants to feel you know that connection and that's really important whereas you know liam he wants more of affirmation he wants to be told (laughs) how great he is and he will ask you like do you think this is good how good do you think it is (laughs) (laughs) literally tonight just clean the kitchen for a chore and he's like i'm all done it's like thanks bud he's like it looks really nice and he's like (laughs) Good job, Liam. He looks really nice. Yeah. <laughs> he like repeated what I needed to say verbatim to him. It yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> that's that's Liam. If you don't do it, he'll he'll guide you. He'll mm-hmm. help you. <laughs> but even in our marriage, I mean, we're talking a lot about kids, but there's guilt in all forms. There's guilt mm-hmm. in in not being enough for your spouse. There's guilt in um, not doing enough at work. Like, I mean, there's so many different types of guilt out there. And, but it comes down to the same point of defining what success looks like. Like you mentioned, not feeling like you're getting enough done either at work or in the home or whatever was on your list, but defining it was a game changer, defining what success looks like in our marriage. I mean, there's, we even had those cards, um, for success. Like we had to literally divvy up each chore, um, and or like finances or responsibility, like kids' yeah, medication it's was fair play. Fair play, yeah, and that was good because that that was there was so much that I didn't realize that was like we're not speaking it, but it was like an unspoken like, hey, you're in charge of this. But when we really set out to like, hey, finances is yours, David. You're in charge of the finances, but not just like, okay, good. But like, what does that mean? Well, it meant that I need to at least at minimum report to you like how well we're doing and for overspending underspending like where we're at on the budget like once a week and so that to me was like oh i didn't realize she needed i thought it was like if i got it like you didn't need to know that's mm-hmm. off your plate but success was more of like hey i need to be you need to communicate what finances are right now yeah we'll link these cards in the show notes but it's called fair play and it's okay. basically on every single card is not only the day-to-day or week-to-week tasks that most people have in their household and in their life but it's also the mental load yeah and that was a thing that i know i hear countless women talk about the mental load like yeah maybe you picked up the kids from school but did you remember to do you know the the homework and did you sign them up for soccer and did you you know send the money in for the field trip like all the things (laughs) yeah and so just remembering like 
there's a lot of mental load and there's a lot of mental load that both spouses, it's not just the women. And so deciding that like, okay, this card not only is going to be my responsibility to take action on, but I'm also going to carry the mental load and then defining what that looks like. Because even with the kitchen, cleaning the kitchen, David has kitchen, I have laundry, but David, (laughs) his definition of a clean kitchen is my success rate was a hundred percent every time. Yeah. And you would feel (laughs) to me that expectation was not seen by Amanda. It was Mm -hmm. like 50% of the time being met. Yeah. But that's just because we had different views of what a clean kitchen looked like. So I was carrying some of that guilt of not doing a good enough job when I thought I was. Yeah, he would get done cleaning the kitchen and I would be like, well, what about this? What about this? Which would cause him to feel bad. And until we, until I defined like, well, clean kitchen is also like wiping down the counters, not just filling oh, the, the dishes too. It's not just the countertops. I didn't even realize that was a thing to do in the kitchen. It was just wiping down the cabinets as well as the countertops. So I quickly learned that. Yeah. Well, when you have white cabinets, you want to make sure that they're not covered in spaghetti sauce. Very true. Very true. <laughs> so yeah, just defining with your spouse as well, what success looks like, not just in the day-to-day chores and sharing the load, but also in like your relationship. I know for David, he has had to express to me numerous times and I'm continually reminded because I still fail quite a bit at this, but quality time is not just sitting together and watching a show or being on a phone or shopping on Amazon, whatever that looks like quality time to David is presence, eye contact, like engaging in a connecting conversation. And that's what makes him feel loved. And so it's important to ask your spouse, like what they need. So you don't have to feel guilty for no reason, because, you know, if I'm sitting there showering him with compliments or, you know, giving him access service, whatever, then, you know, he's not going to feel loved in that way. So the second point that's really important is to measure what you've defined and nothing else. So what that means is that if you've defined success in an area that's important to you, then you must measure the progress in those parameters only. So you can't judge yourself outside of that. And that kind of goes back to my original point of if I'm giving my kids what they need or I'm giving my spouse what they need or I'm showing up for work really, really well and I've defined success for myself, it's not fair to measure myself outside of that. Like I can't say, wow, I really showed up well for my kids, but I also went on a trip this weekend and that's really terrible of me. You know, it doesn't make sense to do both. Well, to add to that too, I know that with marketing, that could be a thing that I struggle with getting my clients to understand is like the way that they define success to us as a company doesn't always match the way that they view success later. And so I know for my team, I have to hype us up a lot and remind them like, hey, this was the goal that was set for us. This is the goal that they asked us to do. And we met that goal. And that's amazing. And if they have a different goal, that's fine. We can pivot. But that doesn't mean that we need to feel guilty because maybe they wanted something different halfway through the project or, you know, later on as we've been working together their priorities have shifted and that's fine but that doesn't mean that we weren't successful it just means that success looks different now and we have to pivot and so learning not to feel guilty if we have a client who might be unhappy or something like that even if it's for a short span 
Yeah. No, I think defining success in business is an important thing too. I remember what was successful to me when I first started my business is not necessarily what is successful now. I know that I'm capable of doing either more houses a month or in a shorter time frame or at a lower cost than it was when I first started. I'll never forget the first home that I did with you know, the time frame that it took me in, in my budget, it's, I could probably do that same house in half the time and half the budget. So if I had the same parameters of success that I had, would have now back then, then yeah, I would, <laughs> I think it's always good to revisit them as well. Not just keep your same success looking the same. I think yeah. it's always good to revisit and readjust as needed. Absolutely. So again, defining success is important, but then measuring yourself in those parameters and not outside of that. So the last point we will leave you with is to ask yourself this question. Has guilt ever led you to better results? No, I absolutely don't think that guilt has ever gotten me to a better place. I think that um, everything that we've talked about has been the best um, game plan, and that is defining it, having measurables around it, and um, really just taking action on it. Guild has never, Guild has derailed me. Guild has left me unproductive, but it's it's definitely not the motivator for me. Yeah, absolutely. And you even said at the beginning of the podcast, you said guilt is quite the demotivator. The demotivator. Yeah. And I know for me, like I can just spiral and, you know, I've watched it happen to friends as well who have said, you know, I'm just so overwhelmed. I can't be everything to everyone. I'm never enough. I'm, you know, that whole slogan of you're enough is very resonating for a reason because so many people don't feel like that's true. And that all comes back to guilt. And so very rarely do you see people who feel guilty or just overwhelmed end up using that to get to the other side of that. It's that's very rare. Instead, it's yeah. got to be, you know, pushing through it, overcoming it, getting to the root of that guilt and switching your perspective and finding tools like we presented today to get out of those cycles of guilt so that you're no longer cycling through shame or through things that are going to demotivate you from being the person who you want to be. Yeah. And I don't know if this is getting too off topic, but I think you can look at guilt and we talk a lot about this in different ways, but we can look at guilt as an abundant mindset or a scarcity mindset. I think guilt almost leads you into like that scarcity mindset. Whereas if you're, you're using an outline plan, it can be a mindset of abundance. But as I was thinking through it, that's kind of what came to my mind. Yeah. I mean, if that's a perspective that helps you feel motivated, then I think it's valid. Well, I think guilt just leads you down a trail of disappointment and a lot of negative self-talk. I mean, we're believers and I believe we are created in the image of God. And so in where I lack, it's where I need him. I need Christ. Mm -hmm. And so being able to run away from those feelings of guilt and instead being like, you know what, God, I can't be everything for my kids and I can't be everything for my team and I can't be everything for my spouse. And so I need you to step in and help fill those gaps for me. And so that really frees me from guilt because then mm -hmm. it's less on me and less my responsibility and more of a team effort mm -hmm. and a collaboration <laughs> with my creator. Yeah. No, that's that's a powerful point. All right. Well, to go back through the points, if you're looking to overcome guilt, you're going to want to, one, define what success looks like, 
Two, measure what you've defined and nothing else. And three, ask yourself, has guilt ever led you to better results? Thank you. And we really do hope that this has helped you to learn how to overcome guilt. And we appreciate you tuning in and we will see you next time. We hope this has helped you learn how to overcome guilt. And we look forward to being with you again in episode five. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the High Performance Couples Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave a review to help us spread the word. Also, we wanted to let you know about a free resource we created that you don't want to miss. We love helping couples find ways to connect and go deep with one another. No more surface level conversation. It's time to really get to know one another on a deeper level. So we created high performance couples conversation cards to download for your next date night. Head to the link in our show notes to download our free couples conversation cards and take your dates to the next level. Then email Amanda at highperformanceinsider.com and let us know what you think. Until next time, keep pursuing your highest potential.